welcome to By Association, a new podcast from the Illinois Soybean Association. I'm Rachel Peabody. And I'm Betsy Osmond. And today we'll be talking with Rodney Weinzerl and John Lump, CEOs at Illinois Corn and the Illinois Soybean Association. ISA and Illinois Corn are rewriting the script on commodity collaboration, resource sharing, and pooling time and talent, all for the best interest of Illinois farmers. Today, we're checking in on how this collaboration has grown under John and Rod's direction and what's ahead for these two organizations. Rodney and John, you know, I have had the privilege of working with both of you for the last at least two years, two and a half years. And, you know, thinking back on 2020 and all that 2020 happened, you know, it was a really rough time for most uh, but it was a bright spot for Illinois soy and Illinois corn from a collaboration standpoint. I would love to hear from the two of you about what 2020 really brought from a standpoint of collaboration between our two organizations. Well, I, I remember when John started over at Illinois Soybeans and he reached out and wanted to work to create a more collaborative relationship with Illinois corn and thought that was a great idea. And I think John and I have talked a lot about almost all farmers in Illinois grow both corn and soybeans. There might be a few that are always growing 100% soybeans or 100% corn, but they are few and far between. And it only makes sense that we at least be communicating more together and figuring out what we're each working on and trying to identify those areas that we're both working on. And is there ways that we should work more closely together when we're focusing on the same priorities within our organization? So it's very refreshing to do that. And with all of our, nearly all of our members growing both crops, it only makes sense. You know, even during my interview process, before I came on to Illinois Soy, that was one of the constant themes from the committee was they needed to bring someone in to help repair relationships, create new ones, facilitate relationships, make them all very highly collaborative because we as an organization and I'm not talking out of turn here, had gotten away from that. One of the first ones, you know, as Rod pointed out, you know, I, I still remember I, I called him up and we had the top two leaders of both organizations and Rod and I, and we sat at the Bob Evans uh, down the street from Corn's office and we had a great meeting, shook hands and said, we're going to communicate and work together and move things forward on behalf of the farmers. And yet to Rod's point, the farmers in the state grow both. And so both organizations need to work, work better together. You know, I've been on board now two and a half years and the working relationship between the two organizations, I think is great. I've learned a lot from Rod. Uh, he's been a great mentor and, you know, helped me, you know, through in terms of, you know, some of the backstories of some issues and, you know, how we got to a certain point and where we need to go. So, you know, I've, I've always appreciated that about Rod. I know we have in the past had the same type of programming going on, you know, hey, why is it duplicative? I think I want people to think about that a little bit different. I see corn and soybeans as crops being more of a synergistic relationship in that if you grow one crop, you're actually better off following that crop with another crop. It helps break insect cycles, disease cycles, the risk profile is different for the two crops. That's why farmers grow two crops, not one crop. And so that's that's kind of how I see 
where we want to grow this relationship. It's not one plus one equals two. It's it's one plus one equals 2.25 or 2.5. There's a synergistic relationship where a human resource and a dollar amount, it adds up more than two when we're working together. Can't do that on all issues, but there's definitely a lot of issues in programming um, where I think we have that opportunity and we just need to keep working on it and, and, and finding more opportunity. Rod and John, um, another question for both of you. What are some of our key collaborative successes that we have um, experienced together so far? Well, the, the easiest ones to point to, and actually they're both kind of across the entire ag Illinois ag landscape would be the oldest would be Illinois Livestock Development Group that has obviously the livestock organizations, Illinois Beef, Illinois Pork, Illinois Dairy, um, but also, you know, besides corn and soybeans, Illinois Farm Bureau. And that's all about how do we, you know, how do we, well, from a corn and bean standpoint, it's how do we utilize our crops within state instead of out of state, but it's also creating opportunities for people to come back to a row crop farm to put up a, a, a hog barn or a, a turkey barn and also to help existing livestock farms expand so that they can bring you know that next generation back and so that it's been a good relationship it's probably the oldest you know multi-faceted organization program out there more recently 10 years maybe 11 now Illinois farm families pretty much the same players all recognizing that We've got to do a better job reaching out to consumers, to influencers about why do farmers do what we do and just try and engage with those leaders, thought provokers, consumers kind of in that space, especially in the, in the large metropolitan areas that we have in state. So those, those are kind of the longer running joint programs, projects going on, and we continue to look for other areas there. But with uh, John coming to Illinois, there's been a lot more where it's just the two of us partnering on that. Maybe John can, can get into those just a little bit and I'll add into that. Well, one of the first ones, you know, I remember when I started here 30 days into it, you know, we, we were, the state was shut down with COVID. I remember Rod reaching out to me and figuring out how can we get, you know, keep the supply chain working you know, within Illinois. Rod had this idea of, you know, how can we get hand sanitizer? Because if you remember way back when, you know, that was a very hot commodity, you know, hand sanitizer and toilet paper. Well, we couldn't help out with toilet paper, but, but we could with hand sanitizer. And Rod had this idea of using, uh, you know, corn-based ethanol, you know, for the alcohol and the methyl esters from soy, combining the two together and making a, a, a hand sanitizer. But, you know, just those types of things are working together to help keep the supply chain moving because it was such a hard product to get. That was one of the first ones. And then the other one that, you know, comes to mind was the uh, the project that, that Corn had started from an agronomic standpoint, because we didn't have a the agronomic side of things uh, as as much as corn. They were more hands-on in the field and some of our programs were more, and again, nothing wrong with this, but they were more, more academic in nature. You know, as we developed, 
you know, the, this relationship and, you know, we started talking about, you know, how could we make an impact in this area? And the, uh, you know, Rod was talking about their uh, PSAM project and how it was, they were able to cover about half the state, you know, give or take primarily corn, which obviously, you know, fell into soybeans also. But, you know, that whole program on teaching farmers better methodology, they're, they're growing their crop and also having it, you know, meet certain expectations and showing them, you know, from a spreadsheet, if they adopt certain practices, it can work. Now we could have created our own, but, you know, why? And so we took our soybean checkoff dollars and formed a partnership under the PCM umbrella with corn, which was then able to take that program statewide, which I thought was much more important to take what they had already created and crafted to then include soybeans and get it, you know, more on a statewide basis. And we've been doing that now for a couple of years with, with some great successes. John, you make a, a good point around uh, the hand sanitizer. You know, that seems like eons ago. Uh, <laughs> it does. <laughs> with, with COVID, but you know, if you go back then, you know, nobody really knew what COVID was and the degree it was going to impact us. And this was happening in the spring. So farmers throughout the state wanting to get corn, soybeans in the ground. We're worried about ag retailers shutting down. We're worried about seed sheds shutting down. We're worried about John Deere and Case IH and New Holland not having anybody at the parts counter. It was all about trying to protect the human part of supply chains, right? So we didn't know we were going to have part problems like we have now. Uh, we were worried about the human capital part of being able to get our members to get their crop in the ground because, you know, everybody always talks about a farmer has, you know, 40 chances. We didn't want them to miss a chance because we didn't do something about it. And it was great to have a product uh, that had both, was made from corn and soybeans to be able to utilize. And I'm not aware of any problems in the state that we had uh, with members having a challenge of getting access to the inputs they needed on that. So yeah, I, I actually forgot all about that. That was so long ago. So I'm glad you brought that back up. <laughs> I think one of my favorite moments over the last couple of years with our organizations working together was the day that John came to me, Rodney, and he said, we're going to go back with Illinois corn at the Farm Progress Show in Decatur in 2021. And we're going to be under the same tent. And I remember at that point in time thinking like, wow, what a signal that this is that, you know, our organizations really are collaborative again and working together. And, you know, it was such an opportunity for me and my team too, to get to work with Lindsay Mitchell there at Corn and the Corn team. But I just remember that being, you know, just a phenomenal week for both organizations. I want to know from your perspectives as CEOs and, you know, having that touch point with membership, what were some of the comments that you were hearing from your boards, your farmers about that very physical bringing our two organizations together at the 2021 Farm Progress Show? What were some of the things that you guys heard? I think both from a leaders and from, you know, just the average farmer who grows corn and soybeans, it was one and the same, right? Hey, we fund both programs. You know, there's an expectation that we not only get along, but that we work together so that we are as efficient and as, and as effective 
as possible. And I, and to me, leaders are always kind of thinking about that, but for the average farmers to come in and make the same comment, it demonstrates it was a good move. We work with a lot of the same entities out there, whether it's the American Lung Association, um, Illinois beef, Illinois pork are very important to both of our crop success from a demand standpoint, U.S. Poultry and Egg Export Council, Meat Export Federation. There's just a lot that we actually do together and showcasing not only our partnership at the Farm Progress Show, but showcasing all of the different partners that we have in common, I think was very impactful in, in demonstrating that the depth of each of our individual programming, as, as well as how we're working together at many different levels that even some of our leaders maybe didn't understand until they saw everybody that was in, in our exhibit. And I would, I would echo those same responses. I even had a couple former board members who had gone up through ASA and USB leadership who I knew from back when I worked uh, for the Ohio Soybean Council. And, you know, they came up and said, this is so good to see the two organizations working together. We've needed this, we've wanted this, and here we are today in the same tent. You know, we heard that, you know, even from media, you know, folks that, you know, came in to do interviews and uh, farmers who, uh, you know, to Rod's point, they pay into both. It was just, I didn't hear any negative. And if anything, it was more along the lines of glad to see it. Can't wait for more in the future. You know, everyone was focused on, you know, what was going to happen next, which I appreciated. There was very little looking back. It was all looking forward. And that's where I tried to always show people that, you know, it's the start of a new day and, you know, this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to do it. We are, our team is really excited about the September issue of Illinois Field and Bean Magazine, which upcoming is going to be all about what we're discussing here today, uh, the collaborations that are happening at Illinois Corn and ISA. And one of the articles in this issue is going to be focused on the shared policy priorities between our two organizations. And I was wondering if you could each say a little about sort of the cross-section of some of the policy priorities that both our organizations are discussing and working on and watching and thinking about looking forward. So the two most prominent, um, you know, I would say are trade, although not a whole lot going on on trade right now. Well, there is due to the war that we have with Russia and Ukraine, right? Um, it's really created a lot of challenges on the food, edible oils, as well as uh, just overall crop supplies for a lot of countries throughout the world who relied on Ukraine for their supplies. Illinois is such a big part of the export channels for the United States on row crops of corn and beans. And that's due to not only our great soils and productivity that we have, but also on the infrastructure side. Trade will always be with us. That's an area that, depending on who's leading us in Congress, who's in the White House, it's either at the forefront or kind of on the back burner. So that, that will be one area that we've engaged a little bit on most recently, but probably a lot more in the future. Uh, we have the 23 Farm Bill coming up, 2023, and we've already had probably three or four joint priorities of the two organizations seeing where we're at. We're each kind of independently seeing where our membership at, 
is, but again, generally farmers who are members of one organization are a member of the other organization and they for sure grow both crops. So priorities seem to be lining up very similarly with crop insurance being number one, but really kind of trying to dig in from a subject matter standpoint right now as so that all of our leaders are really understand and have kind of the history of the nuances of all the different programs, I, I think will be in alignment as we get to the point of writing the next farm bill. We have probably another nine to 12 months to get ready for that. And we're actively engaged on trying to do that. So that, that would be probably the biggest policy issue that's coming up here over the next, again, nine months to 24 months, depending on when that farm bill plays out. And the other thing that I would add, because yeah, farm bill is, you know, that's job one right now, uh, top of mind for, I don't know, the organizations, but the our farmer leaders and the farmers that we serve. But I think the other piece too, along with trade, is the biofuels arena for both ethanol and, and biodiesel. There's a lot of change within the industry industries, I should say, and, you know, maintaining the viability of both. And, and I say that both because a lot of times we work together on complementary legislation because, you know, back to our original premise, our farmers grow both. And so it's important not to compete with each other because we are in different arenas, but we need to complement each other whenever we can to talk about the, the viability and the importance of both. And I know that we, we try to do that you know, anytime that we can along with, you know, the corn folks. But I think that's an area you know, in the next couple of years is going to drastically change with new opportunities that are being presented like sustainable aviation fuel. You know, that I think that's going to be, you know, great market opportunity. There's still a lot of work to be done in those areas. How does that transform our industries? Renewable diesel for as another example. So our industries are going through some change right now, and I, especially on the biodiesel side, there, there's going to be both good and bad. Obviously, there's more demand now. We don't grow enough, you know, to meet that demand. So how else is that going to be filled? You know, there's an old saying, you know, we want to be at the table, but we don't want to be on the plate. So, you know, we want to be at there talking with everybody. And I think we're doing a pretty good job, you know, both our state organizations and also our national organizations, you know, keeping it, you know, top of mind and being, being a part of the conversation. Looking ahead, you know, I feel like we've done a lot of great work together. What's exciting about our organizations as we look to the future? You know, what are some of the things here maybe in this next 12 months from a short-term perspective would you like to see our two boards do together? Our biggest challenge in the future is just the shrinking farmer, farm family population relative to a growing population. And as we as we look at kind of the policy, so not so much the subject matter of a particular policy, but our ability to communicate with elected officials is going to be greatly challenged. I think anybody, we just went through the primary here in Illinois, and I'm betting that we had a lot of members that didn't know who they were even voting for from the standpoint that the maps that we have in Illinois have so much drastically changed what they've looked like, you know, for decades. And as we begin to understand our elected officials and our efforts to engage them to make sure that they hear us and, and understand the challenges that farm families across the state have, and it's making sure that farmers have the ability to make decisions that 
is best for their farm and their farm family and for their future profitability and prosperity is going to be very challenging in the future. And, and unless we work together with our shrinking respective population bases, it will even be more challenging. So I think overall, that's going to affect all the different policy issues that we work on, whether it's at the state or the federal side. And you know, soybeans in, in this case had a, had a program that they ran uh, around an industry dinner. Um, some people might have referred to it as like farm the fork dinners. And we have got to work together to strengthen our relationships with people that have very little about farming but who are now representing farmers. And that this is going to be a long-term investment that we need to make that will help not only the current farmers that we have today, but the next generation. And, and we need to make sure that we, we do it right. There's probably going to be some things that we try that don't work, but that's okay as long as we learn from them and and make the, ex, the next effort better. But ultimately, we have got to be successful in that space. And Soybeans had some good ideas that we're trying to figure out, you know, how to morph them in into this space and stay tuned. And one of the things too is, you know, not only are corn and soybeans working better together, but we're also putting forth efforts to bring other, you know, the beef, pork, Farm Bureau together. In fact, all five groups are now sitting around and working together collaboratively. And we're going to be identifying, you know, a couple key issues that all five of the organizations can work on. And, you know, to Rod's point, it's communication. We have to have open lines of communication, not only between our organizations, but, you know, within the organizations within Illinois. And it's communication, it's education. And, you know, that's what the checkoffs are based off of. The more we can get out and educate, constituents, legislators, as Rod mentioned, more and more of the, the folks representing our industry are going to be coming from, you know, suburbia and not necessarily rural Illinois and understanding your know, farming. So, you know, we have to increase that, that outreach program. And a lot of it's going to be one-on-one -on -one or in small group settings. You know, we have to continue doing the mass mailings and you know, using our communication tools, you know, with our magazines and websites and, and, the and all the electronic communications our organizations use, they have to hear it from us. You know, I ran into Rod last week at the D.C. airport. Both of our organizations were down in D.C. lobbying. And, you know, we talked about this very, this very issue at the airport that we're going to be needing to spend more time, not only in state, but also in D.C., educating. It's very important as we move forward, we are losing that farmer elected base who understood us. And we have to educate those who don't understand us as to who we are and what we are and the importance that we bring to America to the food chain, really global perspectives and the, you know, the importance that, you know, Illinois has not only, you know, to feed our, our own people and our livestock, but, you know, to help feed the United States and feed the world. Yeah. John, you bring up a good point um, when you talk about beef and, and pork and dairy and, you know, on, on the surface, you know, I'm sure farmers are like, yeah, of course we all ought to be working together. Okay. But again, there's synergy. There's, there's a multiplier effect. There's not many people in Illinois that sit around and eat corn and soybeans at the dinner table or in front of TV. I'm not sure anybody eats at the dinner table anymore, <laughs> but they do eat pork. They do eat dairy. Those sectors of the ag economy are not only important for corn and soybeans, right? 
but they're they're closer to the consumer. And by working together, they bring additional assets or recognition from elected officials or just the general consumer because most people are eating a serving of beef or pork or drinking a glass of milk or eating cheese on their pizza, right? So they're by bringing them in, it's easier to make that connection to the consumer, to the influencer, to the elected official. Um, and and they're, they're kind of a gateway for corn and soybeans to a certain extent. And, and so by working together, we're all stronger. We strengthen them with additional capacity and resources, and, and they need us to produce crops that are sustainable that you know, carries through with their messaging, but we need them too as, as that connection, that closer connection um, to the rest of the population here in the U.S. So really good point and, and you know, just kind of demonstrating that, that multiplier or synergy effect that we get uh, by working together. I'd, I'd love to ask each of you what you're excited about looking forward. What, what's, what's ahead? What's exciting to you? What are you looking forward to the most? I think us, our respective staffs, our leaders, you know, thinking out of the box isn't the right word, um, <clears throat> but thinking more about that, that synergistic or multiplying effect. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. I think we each kind of have to figure out kind of where we're at independently. But as soon as we figure that out, we need to make sure that we're in constant communication and discussion and let that feed us, right? If we get to the point of one organization's doing it, I guess we need to, that that's not what you want in a long-term lasting relationship. We each need to see the value of a particular issue. We each need to see the value of working together to make even a bigger impact. And we each need to be careful that we don't kind of feel like we're getting pushed into something. We need to experiment, right? Although kind of at my age, I'm kind of done with the experimenting part, but you know, I, I guess I still learn occasionally, or at least people don't tell me to my face that I don't. But I think this will only grow as we have more successes and as we continue to identify the opportunities and the challenges that we face and will be constantly changing in the future. We were talking in the office yesterday about you know, the past eight months, you know, just in general and the changes that we've seen, you know, both positive and negative, mostly positive. But, you know, I, then I've turned it around and asked the question, what do you think the next eight months are going to be like? And, you know, when you start planning out, you know, not only what we're doing as individual groups, but then collectively, there, there's some pivotal moments coming that I think we will be able to say afterwards that we had a say in that. We helped form that. We helped create that. Uh, we helped make a difference. I think at the end of the day, that's what you want. That's what the farmers are paying in their checkoff for. That's why they become members of our associations. You know, that we are out there on their behalf, focusing our time, our talents, not only, you know, from a staff standpoint, but, you know, for the, the board leaders, that we are as organizations making a difference uh, on their behalf. And I think the next, you know, eight, eight months, 12 months, two years, there's, there's going to be some great things happening within the industry, within our organizations that I, I feel, you know, the farmers that we represent will be proud of. We hope you enjoyed this episode of By Association. Thank you to our guests and our friends, Rodney Weinzerl and John Lump. 
Please follow along on the Illinois Soybean Association social media pages to stay up to date on everything we're doing to support the 43,000 soybean farmers we have here in Illinois. We'll see you next time.